Just bow your heads for a moment and just tell him he's great. Lord God, you are great in every situation. Great are you, Lord, even when we don't understand, Lord. Even when we feel weak, Lord. Great are you, Lord. We will trust you, Lord. know uh, our friend Mike Bielman is currently uh, fighting for his life in the hospital right now. Um, it's not good. It's actually really, really bad. Uh, if you don't know Mike, he's usually in the, he's usually talking to everyone. And uh, we've all been to his house, and a bunch of us, and just he loves life, he loves people. He's fighting for his life right now. And can we just take a moment and be bold and pray for Mike? Because he he needs a miracle. That's the only thing that could say that could ch- change the situation. He needs brain waves, guys. Everything else is shutting down. I don't know what you guys know. I just came, we just came from the hospital, some of us, and and so you know. They need a move of God. They need a move of God. So just take a moment as the band plays. Can we just pray for Mike Bielman just for a moment? Heavenly Father, I pray for my brother, Lord, my friend, Lord God. God, will you be merciful, God? God, please, we just pray, Lord, for healing, for a miracle right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for a miracle in the name of Jesus, Lord. We lift up, Lord God, Mike to you right now, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, we seek and we knock, Lord God. We ask for healing, Lord God. We ask that you would heal his body right now, Lord God. We need a miracle, Lord God. We need brain waves, Lord God. We need functions to start functioning again, Lord God. We need him to breathe, Lord God. We need him to move, Lord God. Just anything to move, Lord Jesus. So we pray in the name of Jesus right now. God, we ask of you right now. Just, just a couple more minutes, guys. Just give me a little more time. Pray for him like he's your family member. He's in, he's in this family. in with Jen right now.
medically the doctors are doing everything that they can amen spiritually can we do everything we can if it was my wife I'd want everyone in here to fight spiritually okay can we take it up a notch can you guys hold hands, please, across the aisles? And I want you to just so effort, just if you don't know that person, you might be like, this is kind of weird, but we're going to stand together in unity for a life that I believe can still be turned. Faith is those things that are beyond what we believe can happen. And I want you to ever so slightly pivot your body to the left, because that's where Mike is right now, down at North Suburban. Can you just, you don't have to raise your hands because you're holding your hands together. But if you could just, as a posture of your spirit, your mind, your soul, your body, everything, point that we can say we've done everything in our power to fight. Psalm 118:17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Raise your voice right now. You don't need me to pray pray together as Hill City Church. God, we lift you up this morning, God. You are on high. God, this body of believers right now, this hundred adults and kids and youth, God, we lift it up. He shall not die this morning, God. We pray life, God. We pray waves, God. We cry out, God, at the top of our lungs, God, for that your spirit, God, work mightily, God, in our suburban. God, that we pray again. pray in the purest spirit that we can right now, Father God, for that Lazarus spirit to raise him right now, Father God.
that it would be restored and renewed, God. Lord, we ask you, God, we pray for your blood, we pray for your spirit to just be manifest all over that hospital. God, just be an explosion in that room right now, Father God. We pray for cells to come alive, waves to start to occur, God. God, if there's wisdom from the doctors, if there's things that can happen in the natural, God, we pray for those right now, Father. Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. You guys can be seated. For those who don't know Mike, I, I apologize. He's like a brother to me, so... Yeah. yeah. I just saw him, you know, 24 hours ago. We were, we were barbecuing, you know? It seems like life can happen like that, right? And sometimes we take things so lightly, but I know that even right now, there's needs in this room. I'm speaking on prayer of all things. But if you're in here and you're, you need prayer, would you be bold enough just to, just to raise your hands? and just, If you would just raise your hands high. And can someone just put their hand on their shoulder right now? Just do it. Don't be afraid. We have major needs in this place. Kids have major needs, families have major needs in this place. Can we just pray? And just pray over them. Let them hear you. Let them hear you.
God, you are not shaken. You are not stunned nor shocked, Lord God. I pray we treat you as God today, Lord. As we cry out, Lord God. I pray for all the needs, all the hands that went up today. All the people dealing, Lord God, with sicknesses, with family, Lord God, with depression, with finances, with relationships, Lord God, with health. Lord, if we ask of you, Lord God, we ask of you to meet these needs today, Lord God, and bind the body of Christ, Lord God. Meaning, God, bring people together to pray together, Lord God, to seek your face today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know how this is going to go, but I'm going to run right in. Last week, Hannah spoke to us about who God is. And I was just going to speak about how God speaks to us. That God speaks to us. And uh, if we're going through this thing called the rooted experience. And if you are not in a, a group, this is a very good, easy time to get into a group. I know some of these groups are full, but it's, if you need to belong to a place, because growing happens best in a group. I was reading a, a, a C.S. Lewis, and he was saying that you are known best when you're surrounded by different people, because different people bring different things out of you. Right? Think about that. Certain people bring a certain thing out of you. Another person brings something else out of you. But different people, thank you so much, bring different things out of you. And so that's why we grow in community. We really do. We grow in community. And so please uh, join a group. But today, God wants to speak to us. I really mean that. You, you could tell that communication is so important to all of us, right? We have this pocket device <laughs> that goes off. Who's, who's an iPhone owner in here? Any iPhone owners? Do you know the average iPhone owner touches their phones over 2,600 and like 100, uh, 610 times or something like that? Every day you will touch that thing like for no reason at all. Do you ever fidget with it? Like just in case someone... Someone, oh, did someone call me? Nope, not, nope, uh, that was just me. <laughs> that was just me. We have calls, we have texts, we have posts, we have DMs, we have messengers, we have emails, we even have TikTok, which you catch teenagers doing weird things when you're driving by with their arms. I'm like, oh, I guess that's a thing, right? I'm just old now. But many of us are connected, you know, where most of us are overconnected, I would say. Uh, according to uh, Staticia, in, in 2019, do you know how many minutes people average on social media a day? What do you, what do you think? How many minutes? 153 a day. That's 38 days of your life a year people will be on social media 38 days and that's just social media i just want to throw that out there you ever look at your screen time and it says six hours oh yeah six hours so 
153 minutes is 38 days per year. People long to be heard and connected. Think about that. They long. It's, it's a need in us. It's a thirst for communication. But really, at the end of the day, it's a thirst for community. It goes deeper than just communication. It's community, having things alike and belonging, being known and knowing deeply, right? And as Christians, I find that the, this thirst comes from an understanding that we are made in the image of God. And so our soul desires this deep connection and communication with our maker. And so this is, uh, God speaks to us in so many different ways. In the Bible, you can read like God speaks to us in dreams. God speaks to us through other people. God speaks to us through circumstances. And, and But there are three ways God speaks most to us. And if you have some notes, I want you to write this down. Creation, creation, the scriptures, and prayer. Creation, scriptures, and prayer. The psalmist says, the heavens declare your glory of God. And the skies proclaim the works of his hands. That's Psalms 19.1. The Apostle Paul echoes that in penning this. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. That's Romans 1, 20. In creation, we see the world designed and put together orderly and intelligently, right? And it reveals something. It reveals an intelligent designer. Creation reveals to us that God must be in the details and he's absolutely powerful. And also that God is beautiful because when we look all around, when we see the smiles on our children's faces, when we see the, the sunrise, we say that is beautiful. So God must be beautiful. So when you look at the mountains or the sound of, uh, of a stream in the mountains or the colors in the sky, I say, man, look at, look at, look at our hands right now. It's, it's, it's interesting. You're thinking in your brain and you can move your hands. It's this, this beautiful thing. You can bend your fingers. It's meticulous. You have more feeling in your hands than so many other places. Yet it's tough enough to pick up hot things. It's a very interesting, interesting part of your body. But I was all, you were fearfully and wonderfully made with details i was thinking of snowflakes and i was reading this book and if you like books this book called notes from a tilt world and it talks about snowflakes by the quadrillions right and that's only on your driveway each of them so intricate think about the snowflakes are so intricate and different and they're uniquely designed to each of them just for god's delight because tomorrow they melt away all this beauty just to melt away. I'm just thinking, God, you care about such detail. They end up on the bottom of your SUV or inside your house if your kids are playing, right? The heavens declare your glory and the skies proclaim the wonders of your hands. Then we have the scriptures, the word of God. The Bible is not a book. It's actually 66 books. Think about this. 
It's the Old Covenant and New Covenant. It's written by 40 writers in three languages over 1,500 years within many different cultures, many different, different cultures by prophets, kings, shepherds, and wall builders, all sorts of people, right? Yet they all tell one story about how God relates and talks to people, culminating into this moment to this person, Jesus of Nazareth, who the Apostle John calls the Word of God. The Word of God, the Word in the flesh. Everything we need to know about God is found in Jesus, who walks our story, our history, and saves us from the power of sin and restores us back to God. Yet in Jesus, we see the ultimate expression of God's desire to be with us, to communicate with us. Honestly, each of these areas we can. I can spend all day talking about each area, but today I want to talk to you about prayer. So if you have your Bibles, please go to Luke 11. We're going to read this. We cheer for the Word of God because the Word of God reveals Jesus, and I believe that Jesus can absolutely change your life. He has done that for me. I'm going to read 10 verses real quick, and then we're going to run right through this. All right, turn right there. Luke 11. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he was finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. So we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. And Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, let me three loaves of bread, and a friend of mine on a long journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. And I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of, of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity. Say, shameless audacity. I love those words because it just reminds me of children. I don't know if you have one. I, I have one child who does not give up asking over and over and over again. And my daughter, she will set me up, like be extra nice and not be like, wow, this is, you're, this, man, this is so nice. And then she'll ask me, perfect setup. I'm like, you are so good. <laughs> the answer is still no, but maybe, right? She says she's changing me a little. She has this shameless audacity. And I was driving and she asked me this question. She was just making eye contact with me the whole time. She kept on asking. I was like, man, I know what you're going to ask me. It was this shameless audacity. And he says, he will surely get up and give it to you as much as you need. Verse 9, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. I don't know about you guys. But when I was a kid, I, I went to this Lutheran church. You know, I don't know if you grew up in church, but I grew up in church. And we learned this thing called the Lord's Prayer. Every time you come together in a Lutheran church, you speak the Lord's Prayer. But, uh, but in this passage of the Lord's Prayer, what I find most interesting is the disciples' question. The disciples could have asked Jesus any question, right? 
Jesus, teach us how to speak. Teach us how to preach. Jesus, teach us how to heal. They didn't ask that. Jesus, teach us how to be a serial entrepreneur. They didn't ask that, right? Jesus, teach us how to start a church. They didn't even ask that. Guess what they asked him? Jesus, teach us how to pray. Pray. Out of all the things they could have asked Jesus to train them in, they said, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. That's what they valued most when they wanted to emulate Jesus. When they looked at Jesus' life, they said, I want to emulate his prayer life. There was something about his praying. Think about that. How important is a prayer life if the disciples could have asked anything and they asked Jesus, teach us, train us how to pray, how to pray. We ask for a lot of things. You know, we want a lot of things to happen in our life. But have you ever asked God, Jesus, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Because in it, there's something that is so much more important than getting what I want, God. Teach me how to be like you. Teach me your ways, God. So today, we're going to learn how to pray the Lord's Prayer, old school Lutheran style. All right? And this is new school. I just want to break this down for you guys. And it starts with the word, our Father. Say, our Father. Our Father. Say the word, our Father, again. This week, I was reading uh, an article that Bill Gates' daughter just got engaged. I was like, that must be nice. <laughs> right? This dude just got engaged to a daughter of a man who's worth over a hundred billion dollars, right? Can you imagine? He's like, hey, Bill, is it okay if I call you dad? <laughs> Can you imagine that, right? I was just thinking about that. I was like, high five, dude, high five, right? All the privilege, all the connection, all Bill Gates' power, right? But listen, to the hearers of this message, this, this Lord's Prayer, to the hearers of that day, this statement of Jesus calling, uh, calling God our Father, allowing us to call Him our Father was insane. It was mind-blowing, right? In the Bible, most people knew God as creator, all-powerful. They knew God as judge. They knew God as the rules, the law, the covenant with sacrifices and cleansing and priests and trembling and crazy angels, right? But God as our Father was not something they ever really thought about. It only happened one time in the book of Isaiah when they were talking about Jesus. Our Father. The only people who knew God as Father was Adam and Eve. So when Jesus says, this time I'm going to teach you how to pray, our Father, he's saying, Man, I'm restoring this relationship like Adam and Eve had, relationship with God, walking with Him. He is our, our Father means we are His children, and children have full access to Father. When I have my phone, even if I'm in a meeting, if my son or daughter calls, guess what? They have full access to me. I stop. I said, you know what? I'm sorry. My son's calling me. My daughter is calling. It stops all things. They have full access. 
And I want to tell you, just like Adam and Eve, you have full access to your Father. Full access. And it, 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 some, some of us Christians, we live our whole life calling God our Father, but never really accepting our sonship or understanding our daughtership, right? We, and once again, what we are missing is the gospel of Jesus, what Jesus has done for us. Listen, to even say our Father is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. It really is. Because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we can go to God as Father. The gospel changes everything. It changes our relationship with God, bringing us back into relationship with Him, restoring our garden identity as God's children, our Father. We are standing and proclaiming the gospel of Jesus every time you pray, our Father who is in heaven. Because that's the only way we get to pray that prayer. So we say, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love that part. Your kingdom come. This means we serve a king. Think about this. This kingdom comes by loving and living our lives in view of our king. When you start living like you have a king, your life will start changing. I, I mean this. And, and your king, when we start serving this king, not money, because these, these, are, these are the kings of our life, right? Money. We, oh, money doesn't serve. I don't serve money. Then why do we give so much of our soul to it? Why do we worry most about it? Why are marriages destructed because of finances, number one? We serve something, right? Success. Like we serve success. We do. We serve success at work, relationships, even our family, right? When our loves are out of order, this causes the most, this causes most of our problems in our lives. But when we put things back in order with God as king, it makes all things right. Seek first the kingdom of God. And when you say your kingdom come, your will be done, it means I trust you when I don't fully understand. Just like a child trusts their, their father, right? We're going this way. You know, they always tell you, why? Why? It's because we're going this way, right? We're going this way because just trust me. Trust me. Martin Luther said this. He was the one that was part of the Protestant Reformation. He said, if I can't trust God, then I will try to take God's place and seek revenge on those who have harmed us. And many of us are this way. We try to play God, leading to bitterness and slander and anger. We lack peace. And we have this low-grade underlying depression. And we're like, what is that? It's because we're playing God. Playing God. Trying to control people. Have you ever tried to control people? Right? Just me? Right? You say certain things a certain way because you know they would respond a certain way. Good old manipulation. I, I was like, I'm not manipulative. Then I got married and I was like, that's, that's what that looks like, right? Because, you know, uh, you, you, it's, really, people, it's really easy to fool ourselves. Really. Self-awareness, I believe, is the hardest thing to find in, uh, in, in this culture. I mean it. We are not as self-aware as we think we are. And it comes by spending time with our Father 
and lining up, reordering our lives with Jesus as our king? Can we rather, instead of saying, God, I'm the king, can we, can we rather turn to God earlier and say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It just means, God, I trust you with my needs, my provision for life. I go to you first. Forgive us of our trespasses, of our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Easy to say, very hard to do. We confess. People who have rightly ordered their lives confess their sins regularly and frequently. Yeah. Why? Because we don't want anything to stand between us and the Father. Think about this thought. Have you and a, a, a best friend of yours have ever fought about something that has not been resolved, right? And so the rest of the day, like, I don't know if you, it could be you and your girlfriend, it could be you and your wife, you could be you and your best friend, right? So the rest of the time you pretend that you're all good, but you're all brewing on the inside. I bet they're all happy trying to play without me. I bet they didn't call me on purpose, right? Then you start thinking these all thoughts, these temptations, and the accuser, we have an enemy that comes in and starts playing with our thoughts, right? And you're brewing and you get angry and guilt and sadness starts coming, which causes distance. I don't know if you've ever been in an argument that haven't been resolved. And what it causes is distance. Distance. I need to keep them away because they might hurt me, right? Until uh, it causes distance. Sin in our lives causes distance from our Father. It does. It causes hiding and manipulation. We're even trying to make things right by earning it. Like, all right, I'm going to make this right. What I'm going to do is like, I'm going to pay you back, God. I'm going to, I'm going to do things right. Instead of dealing with the problem, we're like paying, uh, paying, trying to pay back this way. I don't know about you, but I had a father that had a hard time saying I love you. So he worked really hard, right? Because he didn't know how to express this. And instead of having this conversation, he said, I'm going to just work for you. And, and, and instead of resolving things, we said, I'm going to try this my way. And we do that with God. We said, God, I, I, I don't know how to resolve this in my life, so I'm going to just work really hard for you. I'm going, to, I'm going to try to follow all the rules. I'm going to pay you back. And that sounds good, but that's not the gospel. And it's going to deflate you, and it's going to end up making you quit and angry. We have a Father in heaven through Jesus' righteousness, Jesus' work, Jesus' sacrifice, Jesus' strength, not our strength. Rather than trying to show God you have it all together, you can do this. Run to Him. Give Him your sin. Give Him your guilt, your broken pieces. Some of us, we are trying to earn it through our success. And I'm speaking to so many of us in this room, me included right? We have a God of success. Having our lives look like it's all together, trying to control every detail. This image of yourself you protect with all your might because it has become our idol and we feel guilty or we feel like we have to fake it or hide when we can't keep up this success. Some of us are so sad because there was a life that we thought that we were going to live, a relationship that we thought it was going to be. And the truth is, the truth is our desire for success is a desire to be something to ourselves that only Jesus Christ can be for us, to be our own saviors. 
So when some goals get you so discouraged and keep you down for a long time, that means what's happening is you relied on your righteousness and your success for your acceptance. This is a strong word. This is when the accuser comes. And, and right when you're weak, Satan comes and starts to accuse you. Look at you. Look what you did. You failed. Look what you did. Like in court, this accuser, this prosecutor is coming. Look at temp this temptation, this depression. Look at your workaholism. And, and, and what we do is we start running from this accusing, right? And, and we start to work harder and we're like, I'll show you, I'll show you. And then we get, we, or we try to like push it away with addictions. Some people with drug addictions. Some of us, we just eat a lot of junk food, right? I was, it's, I was popping chocolate like you don't even know last night. I was like, did I just eat a whole bag of Dove, right? Some of us, we binge on Netflix and we're like, oh, that's normal, right? It's normal to watch 24 hours of TV on Netflix just so you don't really think about what's going on in your life. I'm telling you, these are all signs that something is going wrong. And instead of looking to God, we're looking to entertainment. We're looking to addiction. We're looking to another Savior that cannot save you, that cannot save me. I can eat as much dove as I want. I still feel horrible today, probably because I ate too much dove, right? Probably because we watch too much TV, too much of whatever entertainment. And I'm telling you, can we go back to our Father? Can we cling to Jesus today? Cling to the gospel that makes us sons and daughters. The gospel that gives us access to a Father. And next time someone accuses you, says look what you done man you're a failure look what you did you tell that accuser you might need to say this out loud what you don't know about me is that I'm far worse than you think I am yet at the same time I'm far more love than I can ever imagine I cannot clean myself up or complete myself I am utterly in need of Jesus and from this posture of humility and understanding that we run to Jesus, we run to the gospel. From this posture of forgiveness, we can truly forgive others because we know who we are. When you start understanding who you are, you can let go. You can say, man, I am far worse. You think I'm bad. I am far worse than you think I am. Far worse. But I am far more loved than you can ever imagine. That is the love of Jesus. And with that posture, you can live in joy because it's not your joy that you made. It's God's joy. You can live in peace because it's not your peace. It's God's peace. You can live in the way of Jesus. There's this quote I want to put up by Tim Keller. It says, To pray is to accept that we are and always will be wholly dependent on God for everything. Prayer is all intimacy struggle, yet the way to reality. There is nothing more important or harder or richer or more life-altering than prayer. And prayer. Today, I want us to recite the Lord's Prayer. You want to put the Lord's Prayer up there one more time? And we're going to read this together. Not the yellow stuff, but just the white stuff. You want to just stand and read this with me? This is the Lord's Prayer. This is how He's asked us to teach us how to pray. I'm going to start. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Thy kingdom come. Thy will be us not into temptation for deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen you guys can be seated we're gonna leave the can you turn it to the first part i want you to use the lord's prayer as a map to your prayer today Let's take a moment. Jen is going to just pray over us, but we're going to keep the slide up. But I want you to pray these things. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thank God for who he is and his abundant faithfulness. And just start praying. Just take a moment. Let's learn how to pray the way that Jesus told us how to pray. Let's take a moment. Because as we do this, I want all of us to fall back into the gospel of Jesus find it beautiful again. Restore that joy of salvation again. Some of us, you've never been a part of the family of God. You've never trusted fully in Jesus. And if that's you today, maybe you need to cry out, our Father, my Father, give me your peace today. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Confess it. Cry it out to your Father and King. Ask, seek, and knock today. Take a moment.
start passing that around the communion don't waste this moment just push in just a little more Yeah. 
there's something before we take communion, if there's something you need to confess and you need to get right with God, I pray that you start getting your heart right right now. As I, as I always take this bread in my hand, I think of the body of Christ. God, thank you for what you've done for me. How can I not respond? But in complete humility, God. Jesus, please. recognize you today, Lord God. You've always been. Forgive us of our trespasses, our sin, Lord God. The things that separate us, Lord God, create distance between us and our relationship, Lord God. Things, Lord God, that I have to hide from you, things that I have to manipulate to make sure that I feel okay, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus. Let broken. I break the bread always in my hand. Because it's me, God. I am far worse than you will ever know. But I am far more loved than I could ever imagine and dream. That's what the gospel is. That is what Jesus has done. Lord God, our Father, thank you. Jesus, on the very night that he was betrayed, sitting around the people that he knew would run away from him, sitting across from his very betrayer, he took bread and he broke it. And he says, this is my body, broken for you. Every time you gather, when you come together, don't forget it. Don't forget what I've done for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. that night he took the cup he said this is the cup of the new covenant that means no longer do you need to try to get to God this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood because of what my what I'm doing for you 
And when you trust me with your life, you are participating. You get to call God Father and King, and you get to participate in heaven, coming down to earth, participating in restoring families and people, participating in living the life of Christ that has for you, the purpose that he wants to give you, that all our purposes, all everything that we try will never be enough. It's found in Christ. This is my cup, that I, my blood, the, the new covenant that is poured out for you every time you come together. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. Thank you, Lord. guys can be seated. Uh, if the ushers could get ready for the offering. I can go ahead and uh, go ahead and pass it out. Remember the reason we give is the reason we give it to God's work is we are God's work. Um, there's nothing we have that wasn't given to us. We, we came into this world with nothing, everything we have, God's given to us, and this is just a gesture to give back. Um, so let's go ahead and pray over this offering. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you that you've given us the ability to give, Lord, that we have something that we can give back, Lord, to give back into into your work, Lord, because without your work, we, we wouldn't be here, Lord. So this is just our act of obedience, Lord, and giving back, Lord. Help us to, as a church, use us these funds to do your will, Lord, to bring in the lost, to do everything you want in this community through us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a couple of announcements. Um, Life groups have started, but it's it's not too late. Uh, jump on in. It, it won't be uncomfortable. Uh, you can get right in. We are using the same curriculum that uh, uh, the Rooted that we're preaching from right now, so definitely jump in. Go for it. There's, there's more books in the back for $15 or whatever you can give. Uh, even nothing, you can uh, take a book. It'll, it'll, it'll change your life. Definitely join and grab a brochure. Um, get in contact with somebody and just join the group. Uh, the 2020 IF gathering, the women's conference is March 6th and 7th. Uh, come gather with other women to be refreshed, encouraged, and stirred to go deeper with God while getting to know some amazing ladies around you. Sign up in the lobby today. Um, definitely, I mean, I've obviously never been there, but I've heard, heard it's a great time. So if you're any ladies that want to join, I say go for it. Try it out. All right, I'm going to pray us out. Lord, we thank you for this chance, Lord. We could all be together. We could pray, Lord. You know, on most of our hearts, it's been the, ter the terrible situation with our brother Mike, Lord. We know that... Only you can help him, Lord. It's, it's beyond medical science. It's beyond us. It's beyond our, our might, Lord. So we just ask that for your glory, Lord, 
you could do so many, so many more things through him, Lord. We ask you to just restore him, restore him to us, Lord. Restore him to his family. Lord, just ask you to complete that healing, Lord. Only you, only you can do that, Lord. We can't make you all we can do is ask, Lord. According to your will, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed today. Thank you.